Watson joined by Sarah Lee, and this is the Influence Watch podcast. This week, a spree shooter killed six people at the Covenant School in Nashville, Tennessee, and our thoughts and prayers are with the families of the victims and others affected. Now, even as they have campaigned to take away gun rights in response to similar spree shootings, left-wing interest groups have pushed to remove school resource officers, cops who work directly with school communities, from public schools. Joining us to discuss this anti-police campaign is CRC senior fellow Callie Fontania, a former teacher in California. Uh, Callie, welcome back to the Influence Watch podcast. Obviously, we had you on before you joined us as a, as a CRC senior fellow. Uh, so welcome to CRC. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I am pretty upset with the news this week, though. It's pretty heartbreaking that yeah. uh, these school shootings keep happening, but that's the world we live in right now. So what are what are school resource officers? What do they do? Well, I mean, I had one when I was in high school. I don't know if you, if you, I know in the nineties, the late nineties, it was, it was very common to have a police officer on your high school campus. And they were actually specially trained. They're, they're specially trained to be an officer on campus. A lot of times they're there for the kids that are on probation. They're also there if a, if a kid is bringing a weapon on campus, they're just there to, to help relations between high schoolers and teenagers and police officers and they're often some of the nicest police officers you'll encounter. And there has been this movement, especially since when, during when I, after I left being, you know, in high school and became a high school teacher, there's now a movement to remove these resource officers because of the Black Lives Matter defund the police movement. And I saw that happen in my own district where these resource officers were removed from campus. And it's also a first responder on campus that is there if there is a mass shooting. Or right. If, any, if anything bad, if anything bad were yes, to happen, exactly. there's somebody, you know, it took as, as effective as the Nashville cops were in responding to, to this, to this event. Uh, it took them, what, 14 minutes to get to the school? Exactly. Like, so know. if there is a first responder on campus, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a police officer, it just needs to be someone who's trained and armed and able to protect our nation's children, that would that 14 minutes would be reduced drastically. So again, you, met, you mentioned that you taught in California yes. and that there was this campaign began to get school resource officers out of schools. Uh, what was your experience with that? Well, you know, I think what's scary about all of this is we, the reality is there's going to be more school shootings. I, I have noticed that the newest generation of kids, I started teaching my own generation millennials, and then it switched to Gen Z. And we actually had to open up wellness centers on every campus because the kids were having a hard time being in classrooms. There was a lot more outbursts. And this new generation, they're just struggling a lot with their mental health. And, and, I, and was, this all, was this all before COVID? This was all before COVID. So can you imagine? It's which, which, has, which has not made Yeah, it's worse now. And so um, we were already dealing with a lot of mental health crisis on campus. And the reality is these school shootings make a lot of press, make the, make the press. They may, people hear about them, but the reality is most of the guns that are brought on campus and most of the school shootings that happen are the actual students. They're bringing a gun on campus and they're there to go after another student. Maybe they have some sort of beef or some sort of gang stuff going on and they bring a weapon on campus and rather, rather than the outside. Exactly. Shooter, so the, it's, it's whenever, the, it's a, it's a student committing 
quote unquote ordinary crime on a campus against another exactly student or person in the school. And community. those don't make the news. In fact, uh, if if parents knew how often students were bringing weapons on campus, if they were given a report every week or every month of all the weapons that were brought on campus, I think every parent in America would want, would want to pull their kids from these schools. I mean, I had a student that brought in a police sized taser. I had a student that brought in a knife, and I had another student that brought a gun. And they all got expelled, but they you don't you don't hear about this. The, the the unions and the districts hide a lot of these statistics from parents because they don't want them to stop bringing their kids to the school because it's unsafe. And um, so so what happened is we the BLM movement came out in my district. They actually got rid of the school resource officers because there was budget cuts in the state in in the um, city budgets for the police officers, and they got rid of them in two thousand. And this is. My area was one of the gang capitals in California, Salinas, California. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 2000 or 2020? 2000. They got rid of they got rid of the officers because of budget cuts. And that was actually, during that time, it was a bad thing. We were like, oh, no, we're going to lose the resource officers that we have on campus. And let's try and get the budget back for this. By the time they got the budget back for it, the defund the police movement had come out. This was around 2014. And there was all these people that were protesting having the resource officers on campus. And so they never came back after that. And this is, again, I lived in a community, I worked in a community where we would often have lockdowns and we would, they would be doing arrests in the neighborhood and we'd have to have a lockdown on campus. And sometimes there was a chance, the reason why they would have those lockdowns is because someone, the person being arrested could flee onto the school campus. And this is just, this is just the reality of what we're living in. The kids, the neighborhoods are bad, and yet we're just going to leave our kids as sitting ducks unprotected because of the politis- the, the police have become so politicized when in reality the the majority of police officers are protecting people every single day all the time and they should be protecting our our children as well sarah uh yeah so i actually and and um thanks for for joining us callie first yeah but i actually was um kind of prepping for this show looking at where this debate has uh, been going on and obviously it's sparked back up in several places because of what happened this past week or this week um one of the places that i looked at was portland uh and also dc because uh capital research center is located in dc and an interesting trend is developing some of these very very blue traditionally blue places are actually saying, wait a minute, maybe we do want these resource officers in school. Um, so it, it is definitely a politicized issue. I think it's being used to uh, to basically say, no, 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 it's not like we don't need cops. We need to get rid of the guns. And that's always, you know, the debate. But I think that what you just said is very, very um, true. And I think people are starting to understand it. This is just the world we live in. So how do you respond to these sort of blue places like mm. Portland, who you would think would just be like, no cops in schools, changing their minds on this. I, I think that's, you know, it's, I'm okay with them changing their mind. I mean, wake up people. <laughs> Thank you for when <laughs> I think that I, it's annoying because we've been saying all along, don't do this. And the, the damage has been done, but I'm okay with them changing their minds on this because we really should be protecting our nation's children. I mean, I went to, um, I went to go speak with senators and house representatives for three days with um, for Second Amendment rights. And the whole time we had to get scanned, we had to get patted down. There was armed security for our politicians, but then our kids are just left unprotected. 
And these schools, it's not like they're a school of 100 kids. These these public schools, my schools have 2,000, 3,000 kids. And it's very easy to come onto campus. And and it's there's always a breach in the security when you have something that big, when you have an institution that big with no real security. I mean, all we had is cameras and maybe a fence that's easily hopped. And so I think that it's very important that we, that we're okay, that the left is, if they're waking up to this, then we should capitalize on that and make sure we're protecting our kids. I mean, when I was, tr- when we were trained on school shootings, cause I started teaching in um, around 2005, 2006. And back then it was just, okay, lock your door and there's going to be a special, you know, alarm that's going to go off. That was the extent of our training and turn off your lights and that's that, Right. Now they take us through a full day training where we have to come in on a Saturday and be in like casual clothes. And they, they do a full on scenario of what it's like to have a shooter come on campus because this is just so much of a more likely scenario nowadays, because I do think that it, that there's repeat offenders. They see someone else do it and then they want to do it as well. I, I actually think this last shooting was, had a lot to the la- this girl that, that did this was looking at other shooters and was like, I'm going to go out with a bang. Right. And I think this is, this is going to be happening more often in our schools. And so we got trained like all day long. And and one of the things that we were supposed to do is if the shooter happened to enter our classroom, they trained us to throw books, throw books at the shooter. (laughs) And I'm like, can we put, this is, this is ridiculous to me. We, we, we really need to have a good guy on campus to take out the bad guy on campus with the gun. And the reality is these, these campuses are not gun-free zones, even though they're labeled gun-free zones the wrong people are bringing guns on campus and that's the students that are upset and want to bring a gun or show off or whatever, or it's someone who's coming on to hurt, hurt the children. So we need to have good guys on campus with guns to take these people out quickly. So you mentioned that, um, obviously in our district, there are the budgetary issues, but also then once the, the money was there, the black lives matter movement was blocking, bringing the resource officers back. Yes. Um, what interest groups were, were there interest groups aligned with that? Or was that a, a local parents and local people thing? Oh, it was, there was definitely activist groups involved in it. And I, unfortunately, I should have looked up the names, but there was, uh, they would show up to the school board meetings and they were, a lot of them didn't even have kids in, in the school, but they were there to block this, bringing the school resource officers back onto campus. And I should look up their names, but yeah, there was activist groups involved in this. And then also the teachers unions, they, um, the national, the national educational association, they actually have a statement and I'll read it to you that they just put out in one of their reports on school policing. And this is what they said. Uh, the, the accompanying report warns that the presence of Uniformed armed law enforcement and security personnel at school contribute to the criminalization and policing of students. It also emphasizes that students of color are disproportionately affected. So basically what they're saying is that if you have a uniformed officer on campus, it's going to make ki- it's going to make it seem like we're criminalizing the kids and they're actually there. And, 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 and of course, I mean, I know it's NEAAFT or not the same, yeah. but uh, the you know, just this, just earlier this week, I'm pretty sure it was after, after the shooting in Nashville, you had Randy Weingarten, head of the AFT, saying that, no, 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 the only thing we can do is we, we got to do what Australia did, what uh, Scotland did, what New Zealand did, which is gun confiscation. Mm-hmm. 
so you know, we can't have a a cop in the schools uh, to respond to any sort of security threat, whether it's an outside sort of spree incident or it's ordinary quote unquote ordinary crime. You know, we have to have we have to. I mean, she wasn't honest enough to say amend the Constitution to line out the Second Amendment, but that's what you would have to do. Yeah, they're really focusing on one solution right now for this. And the rea- the reality is it's handguns that these kids are. If you look up the actual school shooting statistics, not just the mass shooters that are coming on campus, but these are the kids that are bringing guns on campus and going after another student. They have a beef with a student, and that's often what school shootings are. Um, they just don't make the news. It's handguns. But of course, they're going after the 2% of, of, I think, 2% of the murders in America are done with AR-style weapons. And it's just it's just an excuse for the government to come in and confiscate weapons from law-abiding citizens. And uh, it's not going to stop the, school, the mass shootings. If someone has a vendetta and they want to hurt other ki- the kids on campuses, they're going to find a way to do that. And I mean, I mean, yeah. it's it's one thing to point out. I mean, the the er incident, the you know, the it wasn't the first mass shooting on a school campus ever but it's the one that sort of released the miasma of the contemporary mass school shooting was columbine which i believe was 98 yes Mm -hmm. that was during the assault weapons ban yeah yep And, and we we just need to look at chicago i mean chicago has some of the strictest gun laws in the nation and they have some of the most i mean they do they have some of the most dc dc baltimore And Chicago, actually, their teachers union did a huge get rid of resource officers on campus um, campaign. I'm not really sure where they're at on that. Maybe they're kind of backtracking. I wouldn't be surprised. But I know that the Chicago teachers unions work to get school resources off off of campuses. And this is the thing, like our high school students and our teens, they should be trained on how to be around police officers. And I think this is a really good way for them to have good, I mean, there is a literacy on how to treat people in uniform that are armed. And I think a lot of these kids nowadays just think they can just be willy nilly and crazy around a police officer. And the reality is police officers aren't supposed to sacrifice their lives. They, that's what, that's what the left wants. They want police officers to just be like, if someone pulls out a weapon or someone's threatening the police officer, the police officer just be like, go ahead, shoot me. Right. (laughs) Because they don't want, that's the, the main reason why a police officer has to draw a weapon and take someone out is because they're threatening other people or their own life. And the left wants these police officers just to be, just to, hey, just go ahead and take my life, right? And so when these kids are acting crazy or they're not being respectful or they're pulling out their phones or they're doing around a police officer, that's that's very dangerous. They really shouldn't be doing that. And I'm not saying it's their own fault if the, if the police officer makes a mistake and, and shoots them, but it's also very important to teach kids how to be literate around a police officer because they are armed and they are doing their job and they are there to protect the people that and, are and, around. and there are going and they're going to be in situations. I mean, if you go, you know, I go to the I commute by the train. I take the train every day. There are cops, mm-hmm. you know, rail, railroad police who are at the train station and, you know, they have their 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 weapons. They have their tasers, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so you're, you're going to be around. Uh, around law enforcement officers just as a matter of going around your city. Yeah, well, I compare it to like going to through TSA pre-check, like or TSA 
not pre-check. I just got pre-check. That's why. Straight, regular yeah, screening. Regular screening. And um, what are you going to do? Are you going to act all rude and crazy when you're going through that? And like, yeah, I got in my, ba- in my bag. And that's how these kids are acting around police officers. And there's, there's a certain... There's a certain attitude and demeanor that you should have around officers. I feel like when you have an officer on campus, especially trying to be around teens, it helps them to get that literacy on how to respect a police officer if it pulls over and all of those. And and in and in any case where you have, I mean, you would hope certainly with school resource officers who are trained to be around teenagers that there would be a position where if you did, if you were the you the student you know, did mess up, that the consequences wouldn't be as severe as if you messed up as yeah. an adult, as you, in the, in the streets. Yes. I'd yes. like to speak to that for a second, because there's a really sure. good article uh, in the DCist, which is a, a Washington DC sort of neighborhood magazine, where it's talking about the difference between school resource officers and like flatfoot cops, right? These guys in the schools, part of their job, according to this article, is to get to know the kids, mm-hmm. to get to know what their family situation is, to get to know how they get to school, are they going through bad neighborhoods, things like that. So that actually speaks to what you're talking about. It might be mitigated if they get in trouble because these guys know these kids. That seems like a good thing to me. Absolutely. And I also think that officers are there to protect teachers as well. You know, if a, ch- if, a, if a student draws out a weapon in your classroom, you really have, there's nothing you can do. Uh, what, you can't really, you don't even have, you have to be careful about even like tackling a kid because you could get sued, you could get, and the fact is we're not trained on that. We aren't. We're trained to teach and that's about it. <laughs> you know, we're not trained to be these kids' counselors. We're not trained to deal with their gender identity, which I don't understand why teachers think that they can just do that because they're not counselors. They should at least be referring those kids to the counselor instead of being their private counselor on gender identity. We're not, we don't know how to deal. We're not trained on how to deal with these crazy emotional issues and disorders. A lot of these kids are going through. And um, when a child starts being violent in class, we should be able to pick up the phone and have someone there. I mean, we do have security on campus, which is great, but those guys, they're, they're unarmed, you know, And, and having someone come in a uniform really does set a set. I think it also, calms kids down and sets a precedent on campus that you aren't going to act crazy. Like we have someone on campus that can arrest you if needed. And and that is sometimes it, needed in, in, in these schools. Just, just knowing a police officer is there can be a deterrent Absolutely. effect to bad yes. behavior because you know that there will be consequences if you do something mm-hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, I actually have a question then, uh, um, sort of bouncing off of all of this. You're saying, you know, teachers are trained to teach, there, there has been a lot, certainly after what happened in Nashville, a lot of discussion on radio shows and things like that about actually training teachers with handguns, with uh, firearms, so that they can protect themselves. What's your opinion on that? And I don't want to put you on the spot, but do you have thoughts on that? I have. You know, I think that, that, that if a teacher wants to protect themselves and their students in the classroom and have... Uh, a training on that. And I think that should be, I think that should be something that should happen. You know, um, I wouldn't want to do it myself just because I am not very gun literate. I've never been a gun owner myself. And in fact, even though I fight for second amendment rights, I'm not a gun owner, but I want to be protected by a responsible gun owner. 
So if there are someone on, I don't. That is not an irrational position. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and, and so if there are some teachers out there, especially in some of these schools that are very, that are not the, in the safest neighborhoods, and we are required to stay with the students. In fact, it is illegal for us to leave. Like if there is an emergency that happens and we and the school gets locked down or there's a tornado or something that happens, an earthquake, we the, the teachers need to stay with the students. We're not allowed to go to our families. We're not allowed to, to leave the campus until the kids are picked up and safe. So yes, I do think that if there are some teachers out there that are responsible gun owners and well-trained and literate in in using a gun and and in that type of situation, especially, they do need to be trained on how to, on what they should do in a school and in a classroom, then yes, that should be an option. In fact, um, a lot of the Jewish private schools, so you've never heard of school shootings at Jewish private schools because a lot of the Jewish private schools have armed security on their campuses. And they've been protecting their children like that since the beginning, like since they've had Jewish private schools, they've always been very good about protecting their children and having armed security on campus. And you don't hear about shootings at those schools because there's someone there that's going to stop them. And, and, and it's, and it's not because there are not threats. Exactly. It's not because, and that's part of the reason why they even did that is because they were seeing that there was some targeting of these Jewish schools and they decided to protect their children. All right. Well, uh, Callie, is there anything else that you're working on that you'd like to uh, let our listeners know about before we let you go? Oh, wow. Um, I just want to let everyone know that we just need to keep fighting for our children in the schools. I mean, it is, I do think there's something to be said when they say that schools are being, are kid, their kids are being institutionalized and criminalized. That does, there is an element of truth to that on our school campuses. I mean, these kids are being required to sit in class for seven hours a day six hours a day. They don't have a lot of freedom, especially after the lockdowns. I remember when we first came back to the lockdowns, the kids could only walk on one side of the one side of the hallway and the other side of the hallway. They're getting pent up and angry, a lot of these, a lot of these kids from what they've gone through this last two years, especially. So I just I I think that people need to just um, make sure that they are that they are keeping keeping track of what's going on oration and doing some really really strong interventions for mental health for young people because it's only going to increase. I mean, we could, we can protect, we can have an armed security, we can bring back the resource officers. If they get it and they do it, they can try and ban AR, AR style weapons. But the reality is we have a mental health crisis and that's where we need to really All right. Well, thanks again to Capital Research Center Senior Fellow Kelly Fontania for joining us. That's our show for this week. We encourage our listeners to subscribe on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, and they come with a positive review. We'll see you all next week. 